the Atlantic Division has been the class of the Eastern Conference over the last few years. On today's show, we discussed, despite the Panthers' injuries to start the season, how it could be an advantage for them to get back to the postseason. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, July 17th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramon DeVelez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and to get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, Cats fans, uh, what a great week it was last week to go to the ice den in Coral Springs and get to witness the prospect, uh, the the development camp, and see all the prospects play in the in the scrimmage on Friday. And it was just great to be back home. And one thing that hasn't been advertised for, at, at least for now. I haven't seen too many advertisements there, is that the uh, Amerigal Latam Cup is actually coming back to the Ice Den later uh, in August, August 23rd to the 27th. I I wanted to make sure that that got on the podcast immediately as we are just over a month away from it. That was one of the few things that I first saw when, when when I entered the Ice Den last week, and I wanted to make sure that all of you guys uh were made aware of it in case you guys wanted to make your way there later next month. And it's some hockey to watch while we're waiting for training camp rosters to be announced uh, and prospect showcase as well, which we don't know if the Florida Panthers are hosting it yet. They might wait until next year to host it when the war Memorial uh, auditorium opens too. So we it might not be hosted in South Florida this year. We still don't know. Also, in some Florida Panthers news, uh, defenseman John Ludwig and the Florida Panthers have agreed to a two-year, two-way contract. Played 54 games last uh, season. Struggled with injuries the last few years, but has been a consistent stay for the Charlotte Checkers this year. Was a plus 18 as well for for what whatever that it's worth there as far as plus minus goes. And definitely a big contributor to the Charlotte Checkers in their playoff run and their after exiting in the second round of the Calder Cup uh, playoffs. So, but also, uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, you see that I have a new office here and it's actually my bedroom. Uh, I had to transition from my normal office to here based on that was an empty room for the last uh eight months and now getting a roommate who's going to occupy that room. So instead of just an empty office with just a desk to podcast, we're transitioning it over to, uh, for now, um, my bedroom where you see, uh, I have a little bit of sports memorabilia here, some rally towels and all that uh, for Florida Panthers, Florida Marlins, Dolphins. uh, And you can see here, uh, put my credentials there for the times that I've gone to Panthers games as well, as far as being in the press as well. So that's where I put my uh, credentials every single time I go down. So a little bit of a, of a taste of, 
of the memorabilia that I have here. And there's a little bit more on, on, on that side that you can't see in, in, in the camera as well. So a little bit of a different taste for the YouTube crowd. But there, because we were so busy with the development camp stuff last week, we didn't even really get to discuss a big trade in the division uh, that happened last week. And of course, the, the Panthers were reportedly possibly in on Alex Dabrinkit with how they managed the trade deadline in their President's Trophy winning season. It was always going to be difficult to put a trade package that would send Alex Dabrinkit to the Florida Panthers. And what a trade that ended up being for the Chicago Blackhawks when Black, in the 2022 draft, they had no first round picks and they ended up getting three out of it when trading to break it out a two time 40 goal scorer, undersized guy as well, who had, who's a, has a wicked uh, a sniper who can snipe it, the puck as well, that, that they were able to get Kevin Korchinski out of it, who spent a season in junior and is probably going to be in the mix for the Chicago Blackhawks come this season. And for them, uh Connor Bedard just uh, signed his ELC now that he turned 18 years old and what a time that my friend Jack Bushman of uh Locked on Blackhawks is having as well uh with Connor Bedard's um signing his ELC and it's it's open championship week too so as a golf fan myself he he is a golf fan himself uh he he must be on cloud nine I know I am just on the open uh this week as well uh do not miss going to the station to cover the open championship going at like midnight to cover it until uh 12 noon 1 p.m somewhere around there if you haven't listened to the show for a long time i used to work in golf television so don't miss uh, getting up that early and working those uh, overnight shifts but going back to alex debrinkit and all it the the trade itself is you think about the process of pierre dorian throughout that and the desperation to win especially with an ownership change is as well and what you gave a lot the the value was always going to go down down uh especially because he had a down year to his standards after getting two straight 40 goal seasons, the, the asset wasn't going to be as rich as what you were wanting to get out of it uh, over what you originally traded for. And the fact that now there's a lot of power in a lot of these RFAs of choosing, saying, using your power to say, I'm going to sign a long-term extension here. I'm not going to um, sign a long-term extension there. Michigan man, forced his way to Detroit and even the conditions of the pick, uh, the Detroit Red Wings are, excuse me, the Ottawa Senators are going to get the later of the Senators pick. And I believe they have Boston's uh, pick as well. Excuse me. Uh, it was, it's either Detroit's later pick or Boston's that the Detroit Red Wings got from the Bertuzzi trade. Uh, so Ottawa's going to get one of those along with their own. So it's not looking like a good trade for the Ottawa Senators. And, if the if Pierre Dorian's probably in his last season, and they have to make the playoffs for them, and it, it, with a new ownership coming in in the in the mix, they have no attachment towards them, and and it's going to be a really tough time for for the Ottawa Senators to to navigate through this. They are in on Vladimir Tarasenko, but if they sign Vladimir Tarasenko, who's not coming from the division, and Alex Debrinkin getting shipped in the division as as well. Uh, I mean, they traded for Dominic Kubelik, who who's a pretty good middle middle six winger that could be part of the mix. Play for the Chicago Blackhawks as well. <laughs> Even crazy how the they all tie together. But it's a it, it for the Red Wings. It raises their floor for for this upcoming season. Makes the division a lot tougher. Tarasenko coming coming in if he in fact does sign uh, with Ottawa. 
uh, it, we talk about those three teams within the division of the rebuild, the teams coming out of the rebuild, Buffalo, Ottawa, and, and Detroit for the, it makes it that much uh, tougher for the Florida Panthers uh, there to navigate. And d- despite the injuries, actually um, they're, they're very fortunate that as far as Detroit and Ottawa per se, that most of their games in the division for them don't come into the latter half of the season. I mean, they play their first game against the Red Wings on November 2nd, and then their other games happen in January, March, and, and twice in March for, for games against Ottawa, late, late November, and then February, and then two times in April, too. So despite the injuries, you still have that that those division games mashed up in the latter part of the season. I mean, that's been that's been like that for the last few years as far as schedule structure and that actually could favor the 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 panthers as well so i think that if there's a team that won this trade i i I believe it's detroit they have the better goaltending the as far as the top four i i like the i like a healthy ottawa senators blue line a little bit better uh than than detroit i do like the I, i i the forward lines for the the Detroit Red Wings are not is not as top heavy as Ottawa, but but I I do think that adding an Alex to Brinkett does in fact raise their floor and it creates a little bit more competition for the Panthers. And with the injuries that the Florida Panthers are having, having a a Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad later in the season is uh is definitely uh is definitely something that really benefits Florida there. And we're gonna continue that conversation more. Uh, in in segment number three but before we're going to talk about in segment two how players with players forcing themselves out of certain situations do we see a possibility that the the panthers could benefit once again we're going to discuss that more here on the lockdown florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about FanDuel and take your first swing at MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line over under who you think is going to get the first home run. It's on the app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get up to $200 on bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment number two here on this Monday, July 17th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So there's been history of going back decades of players who have forced their ways out of teams to in, in order to get where where they want to and listen i i wish the one thing that makes the nba so popular is player movement and and mark and of course marketability and of course with the way contracts are structured in the nhl with long-term deals it's a little harder for the 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 players to get moved especially with the amount of no move clauses there are i mean nazim kadri was a rumored to get moved i mean he has only six years left on his contract and and he said oh i played in toronto for 10 years i'm used to the noise so so i, I love that response out of uh cadre recently we saw someone like pl pierre luke dubois force him say himself out of columbus and then forcing him his way out of 
Winnipeg as well, but history history has uh, repeated itself before. Uh, Marty St. Louis forcing himself out of the Tampa Bay Lightning, going to New York Rangers after Steve Eiserman did not select them for the 2014 uh, uh, Olympic team uh, as well. So that's so hard to swallow when your own GM doesn't uh, choose you. Uh, Florida Panthers related, Pavel Bure uh, forcing himself out of Vancouver and then ending up in Florida where we saw a 58 and 59 goal season and then eventually the Florida Panthers uh, getting to the playoffs in 2000 before eventually being swept by the New Jersey Devils. Yarmir Yager is one uh, when he was with Pittsburgh. And crazy to think that today's age of the Pittsburgh Penguins, if I told you that the Pittsburgh Penguins were going through financial troubles in the late 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, I, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe me. Uh, but the the relocate there was relocation rumors as well. Yager for, um, forces um, tried some trade requests twice out of there before eventually uh, uh, getting traded. And crazy to think that some of the sports franchises in this day and age, you you were wondering if they were going to be relocated i mean another example in another sport is the san francisco giants uh there was a part there was a time where they were uh, rumored to be relocating and when they played at candlestick park and now look at their beautiful ballpark out in the bay mccovey cove and they they've been they're they're gonna be a team that stays what and probably one of the most uh most uh famous ones uh eric lindros before he was he played an even an NHL game drafted by the Quebec Nordiques and saying that he's not going to play a single game for them as well. And then eventually being traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. And then towards the end of his tenure in Philadelphia ended up getting traded to the New York Rangers, eventually forcing him, him his way out of there. And then another one, Patrick Waugh, who didn't get along with the interim head coach, uh, uh, Mario Tremblay uh, there in 1995, uh, kept him in for an 11 goal route of the of the montreal canadians and set went to the locker room after he was pulled and said he was never going to play for the montreal canadians again and then ended up being traded to colorado that year they win the stanley cup unfortunately against the florida panthers that year so there's been many situations uh in in nhl history that have seen players whether they're superstar status or, or not or at least star status uh that that we've seen and recently the florida panthers have been that benefit in matthew kachuk with and matthew kachuk going at it saying hey i'm not gonna sign long term here but i'm willing to help you guys out for your future and the panthers were, were coming up on just a few days of that of the one-year anniversary of of that trade which we're gonna have a special saturday edition of the show uh where we're gonna discuss our reactions uh then how we feel about now obviously which i am expecting a good a positive positive reactions out of it if you guys want to comment on the youtube channel about how you're feeling now how you felt then and, and in even in between uh go far away and we might read them on the show is as well so it, and you wonder with the success of the panthers you you wonder if the if the cats are in a position to have another player force their way out and, and come to South Florida. Of course, we discussed multiple times about the no state income tax, the weather, which it's crazy. Just even after I, I tweeted this out in my personal account, only in Florida where 
you go into a rink with a hoodie on and then immediately when you go outside you're in a rush to take off the the hoodie because it's so hot uh but and but it's crazy because the amount of players in decamp who also spoke about one thing consistently that was that was a consistent answer weather 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 that they're that listen i didn't grow up in the cold a lot of you haven't neither so a lot of people get tired of the six months of cold shoveling their their uh their yards uh having to turn on their carts 15 to 20 minutes before having to drive as well so it it, it creates that simpler lifestyle for someone when they when they come uh down here so that that's the one thing to consider i mean i do think the noah hannafin conversation about a possible trade is over for now it depends on depends on where they're going as far as future cap space ltir space which there's seven teams right now over the cap uh over the 83.5 million the florida panthers are not one of them so make of that what you will in in how they're going to handle brandon montour aaron blad going into the start of the season and there's a uh, some bonuses going on in their books. The only bonuses that the Florida Panthers are having on their book is 212K on, on their salary cap. And that's really nothing uh, really. But as far as the 30 million coming into next year, uh, we're going to actually discuss that on a future episode on not to get married to that 30 million that the Panthers have at their disposal because of the amount of contracts that are coming off the book. And I did a calculation, which made me, uh, made me cringe a little bit that I'm going to discuss more in, in uh, a future episode later, later uh, this week about just not getting married uh, to it as well. So it, it could, it could possibly force someone here as a, as especially if they are a rental as well. Um, so we, we could see that as a position for, for the Florida Panthers to be in as far as making another run. And if they need some reinforcements, which they unfortunately didn't have in there in in once they got to the Stanley Cup final, we saw the the depth of that fourth line for the Vegas Golden Knights and even the their bottom their their bottom pair defense that was just so tough to play with, super physical, which you understand once again why the Florida Panthers made these moves. Uh, for so many left shot D as well, and even the forward lines of Steven Lorenz and Evan Rodriguez, who is who are who are who are guys who are mean and get in your face. And by the way, <laughs> uh, Steven Lorenz, uh, his jersey number has been released on what he's going to wear, and he's going to wear number eleven this season. And I saw that, I chuckled, and then I went to go see the comments. And, and the comments are, there's something for for that as as far as that. Of course, former of former Panther Jonathan Huberto was the last player to wear number eleven. And I just before I even looked at the comments, I was like, oh, that that that's a that's really tough. But hey, um, uh, that's what happens when you trade someone. I know someone's he has he was here for 10 years but it's a, it's just a little tough to see at the same at the same time but also a little funny all at the same time but hey Stephen Lawrence has the freedom to choose whichever jersey number that is uh, available to him as well but in segment number three we're going to discuss 
if the Panthers could benefit from the how strong the Atlantic Division is, and also with it being the class and facing off against Metro Division and Western Conference teams early on in the season. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Monday, July 17th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I said in segment one, talking about how uh, the floor of the Detroit Red Wings has risen a little bit since bringing in Alex Dabrinkit. And it's got me wondering with how the Metro division is looking as well. Is is there a possibility for the Florida Panthers to get a little bit of luck based on based on how it looks on paper? Again, we're talking about on paper, but nobody expected the New, the New Jersey Devils to take the leap that they did. So there might be that unexpected team in the Eastern Conference who might make that jump and surprise all of us because I did not have the New Jersey Devils as a playoff team this year. But now that standard for them and how everyone perceives them has, has changed a bit. And I'm a little, I will say I'm a little worried about the New York Rangers. I know they have Blake Wheeler uh, there into the mix who can get you 10 to 15 goals a season. The, the, the backup in Jonathan Quick, which you might have to play Igor Shesterkin like 65 games uh, there and you might have him tired out. I mean, in the Western Conference, uh, you're you're wondering if Jake Ottinger is going to play. His workload is going to be less, so that by the time the Dallas Stars get to the postseason, that they're not that he is not tired out. And I think that the Dallas Stars are a team that could definitely make it to the Stanley Cup Final um, th- this this coming year. Not an official prediction as of as of yet. Um, still a lot of uh, still a little bit of off season to go, as in as in how the defense market, especially changes with a possible Eric Carlson trade, which we can also get into a future episode in there as well. There's plenty of summer to talk about uh, uh, the the status of the Eastern Conference as well. But I'm a little worried about the Rangers. I was so high on them but going into the postseason, but so disappointed in as far as what it was revealed with Patrick Kane's injury as well, that he wasn't his normal self, The how – the development of Capocaco and Alexis Lafreniere has has not gone to the standard that they that they had hoped. But the only real lock in that division is Carolina to make the playoffs, in my opinion. New Jersey is a little bit of a wild card, but I'm more leaning towards them making it to the dance as well. And as far as Metro Division teams, listen, I know I know Pittsburgh ha- has had issues as far as depth, but arrested Sidney Crosby and, and, a, and a long off season for them compared to normal years might give them a reason to be rejuvenated coming into this season. And who, who knows? And a healthy Tristan Jari could have them could very well have them in that, in that top three, which we spoke about players forcing themselves out in the last segment. Another, another player that could find themselves traded mid season is possibly John Gibson. And I could, I don't know why I see John Gibson in Buffalo. I don't know why I see it, but I think that the, that the Buffalo Sabres are going to be looking for a goalie uh, in, in, uh, in, in the trade deadline, because you're going to trust the, 
a, a youngster in Devin Levi as prize of a prospect as he he is and a, a world junior silver medal, a guy that the Panthers identified uh, in the seventh round as part of the and, and then got him got Sam Reinhart out of it. Him, Eric Comrie, Luka Pekalukan, and that's a very young tandem there. And you're taking a big risk as as much as 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 much promise as someone like Devin Levi has. And that could possibly raise them raise raise their floor as well and get them maybe in in that wild card and they were they were in it until the like the last three or four games of the season and 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 the the, the team man a lot of guys just have great north south games especially Tage Thompson for how big he is too and and sco- can score from can score from anywhere uh, and 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 the fact that you you brought in some leadership in Eric Johnson as well. They brought back their captain Kyle Pozo, even though he's playing on the fourth line. There there are some mentorship to that young that young group as as well, and taking a little bit of minutes off of Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power too. That that they are are they're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. And guys who 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 could be taking a leap in Jack Quinn there who had a great season in the AHL two seasons ago with the Rochester Americans, which uh, I believe the Sabres just announced that their new ECHL affiliate is the Jacksonville Icemen. So a little bit of a, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, reworking as far as ECHL affiliates in the, in, in, within the Atlantic division too. So, so there, there's a little bit of an update. So now you have three in the state of Florida that are ECHL affiliates that belong in the Atlanta division. As far as the Everblades with Florida, the Orlando Solar Bears with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Jacksonville Icemen now with the Buffalo Sabres. So we we I'm not saying that the Panthers, I'm not going to make a prediction of where the Panthers will finish, but we spoke about that back end, which is mostly Atlantic division teams. And when you get the reinforcements back in Ekblad, and Montour, assuming that they're healthy, and with, with with that, you're getting them. And it worked for the Panthers last year, where they got healthy at the right time. Duclair coming back in February, Bobrovsky coming back in Game Four, excuse me, Game Three against the Boston Bruins, and then carrying the Panthers from there, getting that few weeks of three weeks of rest. The this could give an opportunity for someone like Aaron Ekblad to possibly be back to his Norse Trophy self. Um, his Norse Trophy caliber self, excuse me, because um, before those injuries, even in 2021 and 2022, he was playing at that level, and we, we didn't see any of that in 2023, where because of how early he got hurt too. And chances are, it could favor the Panthers. You're getting your West Coast trips out of the way too. That's another thing. The 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 Metro Division is. On paper, not as strong. I I don't think the Islanders are making the playoffs. I I just don't think uh, that they are, it, especially with the the fact that they just you're just having Elias Sorokin just carry them every single night, and it's just a hard brand of hockey to watch too. If if I'm being honest, as well, Washington, there we still don't know what's going on with Evgeny Kuznetsov as as well, and they're just going into a direction where they're just holding on because of the the record that Alex Ovechkin is trying to break as far as goals. I believe he's like 70, 80 away, so it's going to be another few seasons until uh, he does. So Columbus is still trying trying to to 
build back their prospect pool as, as well. So chances are that coming into the 2023-24 season, we could very well see five Atlantic Division playoff teams um, make it. So, and who knows, we could be very well in the position of 2021-2022 where there's a 30-point gap in between the last wild card and and the first team out too. I mean, it was basically November where the playoff races were over and you were just fighting for positioning. I mean, yeah, the Panthers were way ahead of everyone in, in on their way to the number one seed in the East and getting the president's trophy. But who's to say that it can't happen again this, this season? I mean, if there's one thing that the NHL has really over any league, it's parody that that that's also another thing so i could i could be wrong in in this sense as well as as far as how close uh teams could be as well but maybe that was just uh one one year that was just a, a, a rare one as far as teams uh having that much of separation uh between one and one another and it just goes down to record from one division over the other. And even Western conference um, teams beating up on, on other, on others as well. So on, on the Eastern conference teams, I mean, and, and the Metro division. So we could very well see five of them uh, and the Florida Panthers with, with uh, facing having a big part of their schedule as Western conference teams and Metro and that they don't play the tough games as far as on paper in the latter part of the season, this very well could help them out as they, uh, as they, uh, as they're trying to just at this point, they're just trying to take this week by week, month by month. And now that we've seen a, an extended run for the first time in two and a half decades, at least for me, it's a more patient approach as far as getting through getting through different parts of the season of course we speak about the first benchmark with american thanksgiving so it's going to be uh it's going to be uh, different periods of reevaluation about where the team is if they're out of it it's going to be i'm going to hopefully the the criticism of the fan base towards the coaching staff isn't as strong as it was last season and there's a little bit more understanding of where they are health wise as, as well. So that, that's another that's another thing to consider as far as the the Panthers just trying to get through um, different parts of the season just and 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 it's also great competition for the blue for the blue line as well. And there won't be shortage of opportunity as well for these guys. They know that they're gonna get their chances. And who knows, with a chip on a lot of these guys' shoulders, an older Kulikov, Mike Riley, who played 10 games, who was just part of a cap crunch in Boston. That could be that could definitely uh, spark something for those guys as well. So maybe this could be a good situation uh, for the Panthers after all. So, and, and it could result in them being part of, of maybe those five, five teams as far as making it to the postseason next year. So... Thank you guys, as always, for listening to this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, 
make sure to come back on Wednesday for Wednesday's edition of the show where it's a Winans Wednesday. Jacob Winans will be back and we'll be discussing more on the state of the Florida Panthers. So in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stuart Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. They can make the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So remember the list. Signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.